Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, right, here we go. Here we it's, go. it's working. It's working. Go, go for it. Here we go. Here we go. Okay, here we go. Look at this. No expense spared. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Hi, Sal. Hi, Sal. Hi, producer Sal. Uh, hello and welcome to another episode of Zero Ducks Given. And by the way, we're hoping that this podcast is in date by the time that you hear it because we just assumed that there's going to be no further play. It's currently 12 past five. Pissing down with rain, though. Is this good news? Pissing it down with it rain. It needs to keep raining for England. For England's sake, it needs to keep raining. It certainly does. So we're going to... We're, ref- do- we're not doing another version, even if they go back out, are we? Oh, no, this is this is cut and dry. We're sending this no matter what we're gonna, happens. We're going to do the blower's version. You know you know uh, the great Blofeld story of uh, Surrey versus Essex? Essex got bowled out for 235. He did a match report, described the entire Essex innings, and then he wanted to go out on the lash. So he rang down the line with like 40 minutes of the day's play to go. He rang down the line to the guard and said, Murphy, my dear old thing, here's my match report. Re- read it all out, copy taken. And then he goes, and just uh, put it at the bottom, and Surrey finished X for Y. Uh, sure enough, uh, Surrey finished 14 for 10. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a serious danger that we're going to be talking about England closing at 28 for 2, or because we're in the SEN box, 2 for 28. And uh, England might actually be like 35 all out. But yeah. sod it. We're, Let's well, go we, for it. We apologise in advance. Um, I'll be honest, this rain is the best thing that could have happened to England because at the time of asking, they went off. They were getting absolutely peppered by the Australian bowlers. For the first time ever, this pitch started misbehaving. Um, and also, Norcross, this stadium brings back wonderful memories because the last time I was here, so today, and this is going to ruin my man of the people reputation, today I'm in the right posh bit behind the bowler's arm. I'm wearing a tie, free booze and He's everything. Disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, you two are getting paid. I've still, I've still got, you know... You've got a free ticket. Yeah, I've got you're a free ticket. Hospital- you're, you're getting paid in t- booze. Your ticket is worth more than I'm being paid for five days. <laughs> Actually, that's... Do you oh, know what? I concur with that. <laughs> Actually, yeah. having, having seen some poor bastard in the box that did pay for that ticket... I actually completely agree. But uh, last time I was here, I was in the Holly stand, and uh, it was the night that I got paid for by the Barmy Army to interview Ashley Giles. And then I got Ooh. so drunk, I asked Daniel Norcross if he would come and save me of Henry, Mor- Henry, Henry Moran. Sorry, I've had a few drinks this time. And uh, apparently we interviewed Ashley Giles. Yeah, well, I interviewed Ashley Giles. He <laughs> went, Ashley, really big, really big. <laughs> <laughs> so I, a hell of a step up. I've gone from the Holly stand to the private box in the space of a year, so the podcast must be doing something right. Uh, right, let's talk about the day's play because we've only got a few minutes before Finney needs to go back on TMS because he's the big dog now. But um, first of all, morning session. When I arrived this morning, Australia were five down, coasting. 
and Ben Stokes and his funky fields did it again. Now, Finney, one thing I want to ask you, because Kawaja, for example, at one point he had three short mid-wickets, three short extra covers. I haven't really ever seen a field like that in my life watching Test cricket. And then he stepped on the track and got bowled by Ollie Robinson. Like, it kind of works, Ben Stokes' field, even though that didn't seem to be how they were planning on getting him out. Now, if, as a bowler... If Ben Stokes says to you, right, here's the field I'm going to set, and you're Jimmy Anderson, you've got however many international wickets, are you going, are you sure about this, Ben? Well, yes, you are. You'd have talked about it and discussed it, but yeah, there was nothing happening there at that stage. It was clear blue skies and bright sunshine, um, and the ball wasn't moving laterally like we saw it later on in the day. So, yeah, you're just creating an umbrella there in front of Usman Khawaja to make him think that I've got to pierce these gaps perfectly Otherwise, I'm going to offer an opportunity to get caught. And as it went, he came running down the wicket and almost tried to hit it over the top of them, missed it and got bowled. So I think it can cause indecision in you um, as a batter. And then also, I think in the scenario, or, and that's why people are so disappointed with the missed chances yesterday, that's a long, long Australian tale. As long as I can remember, Pat Cummins can bat at eight, but if Nathan Lyon's walking out at nine with Scott Boland at 10 and Josh Hazelwood at 11... You've always got the opportunity to knock over that lower order very, very quickly. And had those chances yesterday been taken, then England might find themselves in a slightly less precarious position than they find themselves now. England have spent the last, well, five or six years trying to bounce out tails with Anderson and Broad. You, you shouldn't be able to do that. They bounced out the tail on the slowest pitch you see for ages with Robinson Anderson and Broad. I mean, it was it was pretty pathetic. It's quite funny actually. The Boland dismissal was so funny. I was on air <laughs> with Jeremy Cody and Damien Fleming, and we, we had, it, we had, it was everything in our power not just to burst out laughing. It was just a short ball. He just pushed the easiest catch you've ever seen. It was like like when you're teaching a four year old how to catch. They've never done it before in their life, it's, and you can't even do it that softly normally. It was hilarious. Lion bounced out. I mean, it was it was magnificent, wasn't it? And even Pat Cummins actually. So God knows what do you reckon if Wood had played on this, Philly, would he be would he be too fast for them? Would he actually not be able to get him out? <laughs> uh, no, I think he'd just offer something a little bit different, wouldn't he? And in that period where it was slow and Travis Head was getting in, um, you'd have probably seen Mark Wood go to the short theory rather than Ollie Robinson, whether it would have made that much difference. Because even at Mark Wood's pace, if the surface is slow, it's still it's difficult to face, but it's not impossible. It's not like playing on a bouncy, fast wicket at the Gabba or something. So, um, yeah, we, we might, have, might have seen a little bit more pace and a little bit more liveliness. Um, but the England bowlers did a good job of mopping up that Australian tail. Can, can we have a quick chat about Murray Nally, right? So... <laughs> Uh, when when Murray is brought back to the team, everyone's going. Well, you know, it's a, it's not it's not perfect. Cupboard's bare, but you know, at least he gives it a rip. And all of us forgot that, of course, he's not bowled with a red ball in two years, and he bowled twenty four overs in the entirety of the IPL. Um, Murray, would you like to come and play Test cricket? Yeah, sure. Right. So the first day he's out in the field, he bowls twenty nine overs, spinning the ball. Yeah. Is it any wonder his finger's falling off already? <laughs> now, everyone bagged Joe Root for bowling Joffre Archer for 40 overs in New Zealand. But actually, we've just taken this poor bugger. He's about to go on holiday to the Cotswolds. Strange choice, if you don't mind me saying so, Mo. My parents used to live there. There's nothing so there. Right. There's it's nothing there. Boring. Although Stroud's quite funny. He might have been going there. But, <laughs> but honestly, I mean... It's a bit mental, isn't it? To ask a bloke to bowl spin for 29 overs when he's not bowled... 
He's bought 24 overs in eight weeks. I mean, he's, he's buggered now, isn't he? He's not going to be useful in the fourth innings when the pitch is ragging. Well, we've, seen it, we've seen it go in miles. And suddenly, England's bowlers, unless you've got these slate-grace guys, how are they going to take 10 wickets on that surface when they've already bowled 120-odd overs? I mean, Australia went at literally two-thirds of the pace of England to get to the same score. So England's bowlers are out there for yonks, and they don't have a spinner who can hold it up. Root's going to have to bowl 20 overs, isn't he? Well... Obviously, I'm a man of the people, but I've been getting drunk at a free bar all day. So I saw Moan Ali going off. But is his oh. finger... I assumed he'd, like, it's been hit off. in the finger. Or is it just from bowling loads? No, he's got a massive blister and blood blister or burn <laughs> on the inside of his um, <laughs> index finger, which is his bowling finger, yeah, which will cause serious, serious discomfort. And now the umpires or the match referee has stopped him putting the drying spray on his hand to dry the wound out or to, to dry his hands out, it's going to become very difficult for him to um, to grip the ball and actually spin it. And we saw him bowl a few full tosses today yeah. and not able to get that energy on the ball. So it's a big concern for England going into that fourth innings when, if we're not under leaden skies as we are now and we anticipate on the fifth day or the fourth and fifth day that it's going to be good weather, um, it's going to prove pretty thankless task for him to ask him to get too much out of the surface. We've also got the nightmare that we know that Stokes believes that he's got he can't have the draw. So on the fifth day, the, the weather's supposed to be quite nice in between showers. So if he thinks he might lose some time to weather, he's going to send them out to bat like crazy maniacs for two sessions because there are only 35 runs ahead to get up to 320, 330 ahead, something like that. In so doing, they could easily get bowled out for 160, 70, 80. Australia could be batting on a nice sunny day again tomorrow. England's only hope is that Stokes and England managed to bat beyond tea, it seems to me, and that they then get to bowl in between showers. Because this is so different. When that cloud came, it was so different. It was crazy. Suddenly, ball was beating bat. It was really hard to bat. Ben, ben Duckett chose not to leave a ball miles outside off stump, even though he could see apocalyptic rain clouds in his eye line over the holly stand for reasons I do not know. Guide the ball into the hands of the greatest gully fielder of all time. But that's, uh, you make these decisions, don't you? Uh, that's England's route to victory. But we also know that if Stokes sees a weather forecast that suggests there might only be 50 overs of play, He's going to make a funky declaration. Here's my thing, though, right? I, I mean, Ben Stokes, first, there's two things. First of all, he doesn't strike me as a man that's looking at weather charts. But secondly, it, it's a weird one because he's sort of made this reputation now that he, you know, he doesn't care about losing. It's about the, the future of Test cricket and the game moving forward. Sorry, Stephen Finn, but this is a man who... Ben Stokes, having watched him play cricket for the last 10 years, this is a man who hates losing more than anyone else in an England shirt so for all that talk ultimately he's not going to be a complete idiot is he? Well the proof's going to be in the pudding isn't it I think <laughs> if you look at, but you look at the declaration on day one who ever in the history of Ashes cricket would have declared eight down at 393 with five overs to go on day one I think Ben Stokes is the only um, only person who would have ever done that so yeah they're going to keep surprising us and it wouldn't surprise me if tomorrow they do you can't play cricket for weather forecasts but I think England will play cricket in the vein tomorrow that they're going to come out and try and put Australia back under pressure with the bat to get themselves a lead so where they can give themselves enough time to bowl Australia out that's going to be their mindset whether it pans out that way or not we'll find out 
Yeah, well, it would be fascinating. Anyway, well, can I just say, what a pleasure for all three of us to be physically... Look, I'm, I'm too well, close lo- to you. I'm, I'm way too close to you. We're all crouching around a bloody iPhone yeah. that's plugged into the wall. I can smell the alcohol on Toby's breath. I can smell the fags on Dan's breath. I feel like I'm passively smoking and drinking at the same time. It's awful. Well, well it's, great. it's great we got the gang back together, isn't it, yeah. really? Because you haven't been on for two days. He's popped in like a curmudgeon for about... Because I'm actually working. Seconds. I'm not like oh, you. Yeah. Working. Yeah. <laughs> the British taxpayers paying st- me to work, so I am working. Studio, mate. You know, show some respect. At the back of the box, we've got a man in Damien Fleming who came up with the best line of commentary today. And it was the best line of commentary you will hear on any outlet. It was on SEN, a very fine broadcast. Do tune in, if you like, on the SEN app. And, uh, no one has that out. It's very good. It's it's free and easy to use. <laughs> I'm joking, available anywhere. Like <laughs> studio. I love you all. When when uh, when Kwaja was out, he said, quick as a flash, he said, the doorway of departure for Usman Kawaja. Oh, that's very good. Well done, sir. Uh, well done, sir. Excellent work. Hats bloody off. That was superb. <laughs> and also, enormous thanks to Jeremy Coney for stepping in. Very, yes. I thought, more than ably for you two. I think that's very unfair. That's, well, I think that's fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, love you. lovely to see you both, even if Finney disagrees. And uh, thank you, Jeremy Coney. Love you. Bye. 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 <laughs> Podcast Network.